You're listening to the Dad Bod Golf Pod with Kyle Rush and Ben Taylor. What's up, everybody? We're back again, and this time we are back 100%. Kyle and Ben, Ben is back. 100%. Dad Bod Golf Pod. 100% on the pod, not necessarily health-wise 100%. Yes, but you're back. That's all that matters. You're back. This is episode (laughs) 17. Believe it or not, lucky number seventeen. And lucky number seventeen. And uh, man, I'm just happy you're back, man. How you feeling, man? Man, I'm making it. I, uh, those who don't know, I mean, I, n- I know that Kyle discussed it a little bit in the details uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I had to go into the ER because of a ruptured appendix, which a couple of docs yeah. thought was a gallbladder, not an appendix, which posed a problem. And so. Um, after it ruptured, they admitted me, and then infection set up. So after an eight-day hospital stay, which Oof. was fine if you're a fan of the Olympics and of SEC media days because I was able to watch both of those the entire time I was in the hospital, and they keep them like on repeat, so I just was able to watch it over and over and over. Um, but they've got it locked down, man, with the hospital, so not a lot of guests. So I stared at the four walls of a hospital room for eight days, um, even my wife got turned away a few times whenever she came up there to see me, they were like, Nope, you're outside the window. You can't go up. So, um, gosh, yeah. It was, at, at some point in time, you're ready to just rip furniture out of our rip stuff off the wall. You gotta be so bored. Oh, don't think I didn't Google like what happens if you walk out of a hospital. <laughs> like I was curious, like how, and, and basically the number one answer to that, for those of you that are curious, I'll save you the time of having to Google it is they basically can turn you away from there on out. So if I ever needed to go back to said hospital again, they could refuse service and refer me to somewhere else. Yeah, that's no good. So that's like that's the no good. That's like the number one thing. And since that's the only hospital locally, I probably did not need to do that, so I went ahead and took my medicine to state. So uh, bouncing back, yeah. the only thing that's going to hurt is uh, I've told you that I, hopefully my short game is going to be uh, out of this world where I can practice it because I can't swing a club for 30 days. Ooh. Yeah. So That's I, tough. I mean, I'm not even supposed to That's... lift my club. My, my wife's already got mad at me because I, I pull my clubs out of my truck, and I'm not even supposed to li- – like, I'm not supposed to lift anything over 10 pounds. Well, I, that was one of the first things I, te- I, I text you. And I was like – I said, I feel bad for asking you this because, you know, you're in the hospital and stuff, but how long is it going to be before you can play golf again? Oh, that was one of the first and, questions uh, I asked the doc. I didn't ask like when I can go back to work or when I can, I mean, you know, I, what I do for a living, I mean, it's going to be sitting around not doing a whole lot anyway. So I'm not, it's not like I'm digging ditches or anything. So, um, I mean, I can sit at a desk and, you know, get up and do my exercises and walk around every now and then. I was worried about golf. I was worried about my golf game. And, uh, he just kind of looked at me funny and he said, well, I mean, we're going to start with 30 days. And I said, start. He goes, yeah. Whenever you come back to visit, we'll we'll assess it and we'll go from there. So, um, so we'll see. Well, we got we got to start rehabbing. Yeah, we I know. go ahead and get the rehab going. Exactly. So, uh, so I'm pretty excited <laughs> about it. So, uh, I, the good news is I've been able to watch some golf. I've been able to live vicariously through um, you who who've been out there playing him and posting and that kind of thing. So, uh, and the rest of my buddies, I got a buddy right now. It's at Pebble, so he keeps sending pictures, rubbing that in. That's very nice of him. To oh do. boy. Yeah, he's he played Pebble yesterday or day before yesterday, and played Spyglass yesterday. So he's he's been it's been nice of him to send those. And he he said just to be not he's going to bring me a uh, yardage book cover 
I was like, well, I appreciate that. Sweet. No, uh, it's got nothing to do You'll with it. You'll get me. a lot of use out of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on my home courses no. that I know all the yardages. Yep. I'm going to get a lot of use exactly. out of that, am, am I not? So, um, so yeah, it's, it, it's, it's going to be one of those things. It hasn't, hasn't hit me yet just because I've been in, I've been in pain and I've been sore. So it's not like I've been itching to go play. Cause sure. It's, sure. it's one of those things where, I mean, I don't even, like it's a requirement that they want me to get up and walk around. I don't even want to do that. So um, getting up and walking and doing my exercising is not the greatest in the world. So I don't want to go play right now. Um, but this past weekend is when it kind of hit me a little bit. After getting out of the hospital yeah. last Thursday, watching Olympic golf, watching those greens that I forgot what golfer it was. I think it was Steve Flesh that said that the Tokyo greens are like artificial turf. Like there's not a flaw in them. And I was sitting there going, sure, man, it would be nice to go roll some putts out there on those greens. Wouldn't it? So, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, oh yeah. So that's when I started missing it this past weekend. It kind of hit me this past weekend that, Hey, you can't play golf for a couple of weeks. So, uh, I don't know how, well, gonna... while you're out, while you're out, Ben, there was some pretty, pretty important stuff happened. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if you saw that, uh, we became the, uh, number one golf podcast, um, in Spain. I know. <laughs> And picked up some some uh, some Spanish followers from what I saw on Twitter. How about that? Uh, that's, that's pretty cool. I didn't know we were such a, a big name in the in the world of John Rom, which is kind of funny because we weren't allowed before the Open. That was the one name we could not pick to win. Yeah, even yeah. though we didn't win, but like we made a big to do out of it. We were like, you can't pick John Rom. But hey, we uh, I think maybe you know maybe all the John Rom talk just kind of spurred it up over there on the other side of the pond and um i, wonder what I thought they, that was so hilarious when i was looking through that and i was like oh my gosh i gotta send this to ben immediately <laughs> i thought it was great so, and then i got to the another thing that started creeping into my mind when you sent that i was like so i wonder what they think about our southern accents me and kyle talking and i wonder if they're if they're all sitting around you know listening to the pod fun of us. yeah like four or five guys listen to the pod together and they're like what what did those idiots just say that's i which is fine i'm totally okay with them doing that i i don't i don't it doesn't bother me at all that they're doing that i, I would hope that they would because i mean that's what we're here for we're here for your comic relief and for uh two dad bods talking about you know a dad bod golf pod but um i i, I loved right. it i absolutely loved it uh my sister she is a professor at Emerson College in Boston, and they have a satellite campus in Spain. She goes to Spain like three times a year so um, to teach. And so I forwarded her that, your text, and I said, I need you to ask around when you get over there. <laughs> so we got boots on the ground marketing in got, Spain right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm going to send her some of our cards, and I'm going to say, look, you need to – apparently right now we're really hot. I don't know when your next trip is. What she said is just after Christmas. So let's hope that we stay hot until January. And she's headed sure. back and she's headed back to Spain. And so uh, I'm going to send her with some cards and hopefully we'll have some other memorabilia that she can hand out. And we'll uh, hopefully we'll, we'll put some boots on the ground and be able to meet some of the fans over there uh, virtually. Bad news is we were somewhere like, we were like number 56 in Thailand. So we got to work on our, um, we got to work on Thailand, uh, our, our marketing over there a little bit better. So. Again, I think that's a language barrier. I think we can work on that. We can, we can fix that before it's all said <laughs> and done with. <laughs> but, but anyway, that's, that's pretty awesome. So, um, anyway, we're glad you're back. Um, so, you know, you, you went out before we could discuss 
the Open results, the British Open results. Mm-hmm. By the way, Nate calls it the British Open, so I figured you'd like that. Um, I think a lot of people call it the British Open. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, they do. Uh, even though the literally the logo says the open, but that's neither here nor there. I did I so, did see uh, something while I was out though that I thought was hilarious. One of the former yeah. champions, and I forgot which one it was because they did this discussion on Golf Channel. Do you call it the opener? Do you call it the British Open? And of course, because uh, the one that made the rounds was Dustin Johnson, because DJ said yeah. I, I call it the open, and they said, well, why don't you call it the British Open? He said, because that's not his name anymore. However, <laughs> right. some of the, right. I mean, you got to love DJ. DJ's simple answers sometimes come across and really speak volumes. I got to be honest with you. Sure, and, um, sure. But I did like some of the older guys that had won the British Open, and they said, well, why do you call it the British Open? And they said, because that's what I won. And I was like, well, oh, yeah, that's what? A, I was okay. like, well, that's a big flex. I mean, I guess you're right. If you win it, you can call it whatever the hell you want to call it. So that's... Exactly. <laughs> call it whatever you want to call exactly. it. Exactly. So um, that's... Uh, so I, I, I get it. Um, I'm like you, I just, I call it the, I call it the British open just because of habit. Um, that's what you've always called it. That's yeah, what I've always exactly. called it. It's not one of those things where, uh, one of my buddies, he heard our podcast and he's, he said, do you really have that problem? Much of a problem calling the open? And I was like, no, it's the open championship. I said, I call it the British open because that's, I mean, even when I was in college, you woke up early to watch the British open. Like, that's what it sure. was. That's what it was called. And then, uh, you know, at some point when they, you know, they spread it out and it started going to different uh, events and, and it became more open, it became the Open Championship. So uh, I think right. we can both agree that whenever you win it, though. You call it whatever you want to call it. One, you can call it what you want to call it. And number two, you get deemed as the champion golfer of the year. Right. And, I mean, that sends chills up my spine to know that you, you're not the Shell Houston Open winner. You're not the Harbor Town winner. I mean, I get the. It's still to, that's two things that I think when you accept the trophy. Number one, the Masters winner, and number two, the Champion Golfer of the World winner. That's pretty impressive. Pretty dang cool. I mean, to have that hanging on your trophy case back home. I mean, Rich Beam gets to put that on his trophy case. He hadn't won anything, and he gets to put that on his Champion Golfer of. They, it, it, the old song goes, you know, not as good as I once was, but I'm as good as once as I ever was. Well, yes. There you go. You can uh, uh, a shining light can can drop down on you, and you can win nothing else. And if you're the champion golfer of the world, you get to claim that the rest of your life. Hey, such and such year. Guess what I was? Champion golfer of the world. Champion golf. <laughs> Beat that. That's that's a exactly. that's a drop your Get medal. That. That's your drop your medal and walk out the room type deal. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, my picks uh, were absolutely trash again. So I had Justin Thomas who barely shot under par. Yes, and then. I tried to go with a little gamble, tried to get the hot guy over there, Min Woo Lee, and he doesn't even make the cut, like not even close. Um, no, he so he played was, dad bod golf. He was like in the 80s a couple of times. He was pretty pu- putrid, <laughs> but that's kind of the theme, that's kind of the theme of my picks. So maybe you need to start fading me. So just so you, stay away from my picks completely. So you finished at one under because that's that's how I do this. When I judge how we do, I, I always yeah look at that look at the total score. So you because JT finished at one under, uh, Min Minwoo Lee did not make the cut. So um, I finished at twelve under. So I beat you by eleven shots in the in the open. 
Um, I had Jordan <laughs> in at number one. Jordan finished at thirteen under, made a run there at the at the on the final couple of days. Just couldn't couldn't pull it through. Ricky actually made a run on Saturday, and then he kind of faltered a little bit. But Ricky was my dark horse. He finished at plus one, uh, so I ended up at uh, overall twelve under on the tournament. Right. So an eleven stroke victory for the good guys. Bingo, bingo. <laughs> Stroke me again. Uh, and then we kind of moved into the Olympics, and you sent your you sent your uh, Olympics picks from the from death's door. Mm-hmm. I literally <laughs> I did. Yes, you. I was like, they came out of nowhere, um, and I and I threw them up there. And uh, you actually had some really good Olympics picks too. I want well, mine weren't weren't terrible, but um, you had some good Olympics picks too. You had um. Let's we'll see. Your winner was Colin Morikawa. Yeah, I had Colin and, coming in with the goal, and he made a run at the end. I I thought he he started out he started out slow, but with his iron game, I was really hoping on Saturday that he would he would put up a seven or an eight under. Um, he didn't, yeah. and um, uh, and I did on the final round. I mean, he 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 fought his way into the playoff for the bronze medal. So he finished at 15, and then Rory was my silver. He also finished at 15. So I had two guys fighting for that bronze medal that C.T. Pan ended up walking away with. Which, by the way, when you look at the stature of C.T. Pan, anybody that thinks that they can't play golf, that dude's got to be 4'8", maybe. I don't think he's... He's definitely not 5'. There's no chance. Yeah, or he's, if he is, he's barely 5'. He said he's 5'2". There's no way. Like when he's standing next to those guys, Rory's five ten, and when Rory was standing next to him, Rory looks seven one. There's yeah. no way he's five five two. Um, right. So he ended up with the bronze, and then JT was my bronze pick, and he had a slow st- best line of the Olympics when they said one word describe how your opening round of golf in the Olympics is, and he went par. Yeah, it took him. Like twenty, it took him almost uh, twenty holes to get a, to make a birdie. Yeah, he made a bogey <laughs> he before he made a birdie. He was actually at one over at one point in time. Um, yeah, he hit it in a tree. He hit it up in a tree, and it just never came down. I had to take it. Did you see? That was the I think it was the opening hole of his second round. He hit it in a tree, and it never came down. So I mean, he had to take a bogey. And you got to think mentally after having par on the first day, which every one of them said it's gettable. I completely screwed yep. up every one of them that came off the course. And they said that the day before when I watched uh, Shoffley's interview, uh, Morikawa and Shoffley's interview the day before. They asked them about it, and they said, listen, these fairways are wide open. This is right. a much bigger landing area than what we ever see on tour every day. Um, the greens can be small at, at point, but every one of them hold. So, like, there's no reason we shouldn't be firing at pins whenever we get a chance to. Um, right. every, every one of them don't have one single nook or cranny in them. They all are like Steve flesh had said, going into it. They're all just like AstroTurf, Like they're just flawless. Perfect. And, and so we should be able to read putts and make putts. And so every one of them were disappointed in their first round effort because they, I think they all thought anything worse than 67, 66 would be a bad day. And when you right. saw some of the leaders that went out there and, and posted eight under, seven under that first day, they were sitting there going, these are guys that we beat all the time on the PGA. Like, they don't hold a candle to us. And they're they're shooting eight under, and we're hovering around par. So 
Right. And then for JT to go out day number two after shooting par when he thought he should have shot 65 uh, because of missed putts and putting poor poor chip placement and poor iron play. Um, and to start out, like you said, with that bogey, and not, he's got to be mentally, you got to, because he ended up at 10 under, but he, he's got to be sitting there going, what have I got to do, man? Like, yeah, it's can't par, make it. You know, par yesterday, I start out sticking in a tree that won't even fall, the ball won't fall out, so now I got to take a drop. And, oh, yeah, it's it, tough, tough. He, he's, he's reeling a little bit. He hasn't played really well since the, uh, since the, uh, the players. And, you know, he was my gold medal pick. So you had, you had Kyle Morikawa, Rory McIlroy. They were both in the playoff for Braun. Yeah, I, I finished believe. it. I finished at forty under. I was uh, fifteen under for Colin, pretty, fifteen for Rory, and then JT was ten. It's pretty sporty. And I had Justin Thomas was my gold. So mm-hmm. obviously, um, he didn't play super great. Uh, I had Cam Smith, who at times looked like he could possibly make a run. He finished uh, fourteen under, so one back from the playoff for bronze and then Hideki who was actually in the playoff for bronze. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not bad, not, not a bad, not a bad, I had two top 10. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm creeping back into it. Maybe you, I'm creeping back into you, it. You finished at 30 under. I mean, I know that's 10 strokes behind me, but you still, you, you put up a good number. <laughs> respectable. <laughs> respectable. The good thing about this one was there was no cut. So there was, I was no threat for losing guys <laughs> to the cut. No. And that's, you know, that was some of the things that I saw because, Watching her on television and uh, sitting at a the first round, I was I was still in the hospital bed, and so I'm kind of watching it and scrolling Twitter and that kind of thing, and just I'm I'm just looking at like hashtag Olympic golf, hashtag Olympics, hashtag golf, all that kind. Of, I'm just kind of scrolling through to see what people are saying, what they think. They have got to make a format change before the next Olympics. They, yeah, I think we need to go like two, like your best two, like maybe like a two man team and. Uh, Nate and I talked about it. it. Would be cool if we did like a two-man team, and then like a match play format where like you had a big, huge bracket, and they just played each other. Uh, you know, you seeded them and played in like a match play format. That would be awesome. Something, yeah. but they definitely, I, they definitely got to do something different. It it just with no cut and four rounds, and I I hate to pick on some of the smaller countries, but some of the, I mean, one of the shockers, Sabatini coming in there and finished with a silver. I mean, what was that all about? How about, who how had, about that story too, where he changed his citizenship? Yes. You saw that. So Sabatini's from South Africa. Yes. He marries a lady from Slovakia, mm-hmm. changes this, changes his citizenship. And I think he's he, he may be the best Slovak golfer that's ever lived. Maybe the only Isn't Slovak that? golfer that's ever lived. I haven't ever seen that flag pop up even on the international events. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's some European tour events that maybe some guys are in, but, um, you know, but some of those smaller countries, they didn't have a chance against the Shuffleys and the, and the Morikawas and the, and the Matsuyamas. And I mean, right. the one that, and I came close to picking him and I kind of wish I had, cause we have not seen a whole lot out of him, but he always plays well in, in world events or in Ryder cup events. Uh, Thomas Peters, who made a run. He's a yes. he's a bomber from overseas. I mean, he plays a lot on the Euro Tour, so a lot of people don't get to see him over here. They did when he was younger, just because he got his tour card and he came over and he played, you know, a couple of years, few events. But he's always been known for just being able to pound it out there, three fifteen, three twenty. 
Um, with that and wide he's a threat to break, and he's always a threat to break something. Yes, he, so. yes, I love the fact that he has a little fire to him. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I came real close to picking him instead of Rory. Um, whenever yeah. I was looking at at my medal winners, and he did, he made a run. I was I was glad to see him do it. I also was glad that none of y'all took him either when I saw his name up there. Um, but right. uh, you know. There could be some really cool. I mean, there could be some very formidable two-man teams out there, like from different from different countries and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I think that would spice it up. I think that would probably entice some guys. You know, your better your top ranked golfers that maybe shied away from this one. Uh, it may entice them a little bit more because it's not such a grind, and you know, team events are fun and it's different. And uh, I think. Uh, I think that would probably entice some guys, you know, like your Dustin Johnsons and, you know, stuff like that. People that turned it down to, you know, give it a shot if they're, you know, in that top two. Yes. Um, so, well, and just anyway, on top of that, instead of taking two, take, I know they didn't take four because they said some of the countries can't produce four. Um, but again, I look at that like take the top four or five. If your country can't send four or five, then send what you have. I mean, that's what they do with any other event. I mean, you know, they don't – just because they've only got six swimmers, you know, from Romania, they still send all six, even though they can't – you know, even though there's 30, 40 events, they may not swim in right. all of them. So – and somebody had mentioned, like, a stable scoring system where it's more of a points-based thing. So that way some of these guys that, you know, can't compete with the Shoffleys or the or the, or the the DJs or, or the, the number ones and twos and threes of the world – well, then, you know, give them points. If they if they got an eagle, they get ten points. If they get a birdie, they get five points. Make it a state. So that way, they can double bogey three or four holes, but they can still make up for it and be in a running for, um, you know, a gold or a silver or a bronze. So, um, I don't think the players would care. That's the thing is, I think right. the people, the Shufflies of the world, the Morikawas of the world, the JTs of the world, even Rory. You heard him say it. Paul Casey said he has completely changed his mind about the Olympics. And yes. I think the just letting them play, you could put whatever kind of system or format that you wanted, and they would still just want to go and compete, and they'd be fine with it. Yeah, because and then like one thing, there's only only one person can win for your country. So once once uh, you know, I'm pulling for the South Koreans over Patrick Reed because only one guy can win. So I mean, I'm trying to yeah, you know, I'm trying to get these guys out of military service. I'm trying to pull for them over you know, like a Patrick Reed or like one of the guys I don't necessarily care about because like I said, only one can win. Yep. So, uh, so, and I think I'd be, I think I would have pulled for the North Koreans over Patrick Reed. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, it, uh, it, it, it would just make it more fun. I think they should, I mean, it just nothing against it. Cause we all love golf, but sure. And I, and it, it doesn't help that there was no crowd there. Um, Except what they called the blue shirts, the people that were officials that would follow main groups, so you would hear a little right. cheering here and there. Um, but man, it was if that if that is the introduction to me to my kid or to me to a buddy of mine, it goes, hey, come over and have some beers and and watch, you know, watch the Olympic golf with me. They're going to be bored out of their mind. Like that was right. that was boring golf, and uh, not for me. I enjoyed it, but when they talk about growing the game. That was not something that was going to help grow the game, I don't think. Um, uh, maybe the aftermath with, you know, Shoffley now being a gold medal winner, he's going to be able to come back and he's going to be on Wheaties boxes and he's going to be – so 
that's a good thing. That's a great thing that he won because he's going to bring golf up a little bit in the United States as far as notoriety because people go, who's that guy? Why do he win the gold medal? So they'll start asking questions. Um, so, right. so that'll help. But if, you know, if, if we don't have a, a medal winner and there's nowhere to put them like endorsement wise, that was just four days of, we got to watch a golf tournament and everybody came home. So, right. Um, so, I, we, so I think it needs to be fixed. Yep. So we put a poll up, uh, we put a poll up and it was, it came to a dead heat tie. So Ben, you're going to break the tie, which Rory, since you picked him, uh-huh. which Rory is your favorite Rory? Is it fat Rory or no hat Rory? Oh no, it is fat curly haired Rory. I loved it when he was young and playing golf. <laughs> I was, I was like, I don't think he's ever won a major since he got jacked. And then I remember he won, I think it was the PGA, um, he, the, his last major, I think it was the PGA. He was kind of jacked then. That was like this first part of his body transformation. But like, I'm, I'm like you, young, curly, crazy hair, fat Rory was the best. Oh, he That's was your... he, he didn't care, smiled all the time, just yeah. bombed it and beat everybody. Just beat everybody. He had his curly hair hanging out his hat. He was a little chubby. He had the dad bod going on even at 20, 21 years of age. Uh, still, still bombing it. it. It all has to do a lot of it with flexibility and his club head speed. He's always been able to do that. Uh, he was happy go lucky. He didn't seem so serious. Um, he was, he was your typical Irishman that looked like he was a kid that afterwards he was ready to go get a couple of pints with you after playing around and talk about what you just did. So yeah, by far, not that I don't like Jack Rory that is small head Rory that can't find hats to fit him anymore. I think the I think that's cool too because he's a good representation of golf. I just, you know, the dad bod golf pod, you gotta appreciate when the you know, yeah. when, when the the chubby kid gets a chance to stand up top the podium and that that's that's what I like. I mean it's yeah, you know, when you look back at those seventies and eighties throwbacks and highlights of golfers that before weight set in and before diet and nutrition set in and you're sitting there thinking that guy knows like those guys could show up at a local muni nobody know who they are and just wax everybody and shoot like 63 that day those were the good old days (laughs) now everybody's like working out and stuff oh yeah i mean dj (laughs) dj or rory shows up at a club now you know not to be betting them you know that you're going to get your money taken from you like you they're they're that well known I'm telling you, you look back. You look back at the Hal Suttons of the world back in the '80s. That he could show up in Alabama to a course and somebody get paired with him, and they would be gambling, and he would take their money in a heartbeat and put up a 62. Yeah, and not, and you would have no, you would have no idea that that was about to happen to you. Yeah, exactly. By the way you looked at. I mean, you'd look at him, you'd be sitting there going, "Yeah, this guy plays golf, whatever." So I got a I got yeah. an appreciation for the chubby kid. So that's if I'm the tiebreaker, I'm going with uh, young chubby Rory. For sure, for sure. So uh, one thing, Ben, that we got a lot of good reviews on while you're out, um, we did just kind of a more of a get-to-know-you type show um, yep. with uh, with Nate, and we talk, We ran through, you know, what our favorite clubs were, what we had in our bag, and uh, we talked about our favorite golf movies, and mm-hmm. I want to get you in on this game, uh, get in on the discussion. So talk about what, what you play right now, what you have in your bag, what your favorite yardage is, uh, things like that. I am a mixed bag guy. Uh, I'll start. We'll go from bottom up as uh, with a putter. Um, that's a 
that's a whole nother thing. You and I have talked about that, the putter demons. I probably got six putters in my garage. Uh, right now, I'm, <laughs> I'm on a, a black Scotty Cameron blade um, putter, uh, but I go back and forth. I got an uh, old Nike method that looks like a Scotty Cameron square back, but it's probably about $300 cheaper. Um, and right. it, and I've used that for the longest time because it's real heavy. It's not a mallet, but it kind of puts like a mallet um, with it being a square back. And uh, so I got that. And then I've got a, uh, another Cameron, a Red X that is a mallet. Um, but right now I'm on the, the Cameron uh, Black Blade, uh, Laguna Black Blade. So uh, that's, I don't know why. I just, for right now, that seems to fit my eye. Um, after I go out and have three or four three putts, I'll switch to another one. So it, I don't, that's, that's this week. That's what it is. I don't know what it will be uh, when I'm allowed to play golf again or if I go out and I start practicing, I can't get anything online. I'll let you know. This may change next week. Um, my wedges, and I don't know why I've always played them. I'm not a big Cleveland or TaylorMade wedge guy. That seems to be – Cleveland, TaylorMade, and Callaway seem to be the top wedges on tour right now. I am a Mizuno guy. Um, I've always played Mizuno wedges. I don't know why. They just – they the they look, the feel. So, uh, And mine are um, – I didn't get them custom, but I found them because I've always liked Mizuno wedges. They're – like a, a blue color, so a lot of my buddies make fun of me. Uh, until Dude, I, I think they're sweet. <laughs> I saw the, when, the picture when you sent me the picture of them. Those things are sick. I do. I love them. Um, and some of my buddies would make fun of them until I until I get around the get around the green with that sixty and throw the flop up next to the green, and then it's like, yeah, you guys make fun of my blue wedges again. That's what you get. Demoralize. Uh, it, uh, it. it is. I love them. So uh, I've always played them, and they're and they're they're blades because um, I. Then we get to the irons where I have got uh, the new Ping 425s. And uh, being the old man, I took a chance and got graphite shafts put in them um, nice. when, when I got them ordered. And they have been allowed me to swing a little bit easier, uh, super forgiving. I did not get the wedges that go with it because the wedges are cavity back. They come in the same as I just can't get away from the Mizuno blade wedges. Um, yeah. So – uh, pitch and wedge through four iron are are going to be my ping 425s. Uh, and then I've got a SIM2 hybrid as my three slash whatever you want to call it, five wood. Uh, and then I've got, um, let's see, an M3 three wood and then a SIM driver. Not the SIM2 driver, but the, the first SIM driver that they came out with. Um. Nice. So that's what I carry in the bag. It's a it's a mixed bag. I love tailor made woods. Um, I've always done that. You know that used not to be a popular thing. Uh, I think a lot of that was because people would see tour players. You know, tour players they used to couldn't mix when they were in. Um, you know, when they were in contracts. You know, Tiger had to play Nike all the way through. Um, that's why he got stuck with that. You know, he had to basically negotiate with. Nike in order because he he putted with a method putter for a while he had to he had putter all the way through uh, driver was all Nike um, same with Rory and uh, same with DJ I always heard I always heard though that his ball mm-hmm. I always heard the rumor was that he played a title a, um, he played a Pro V like a Titleist ball but they just painted the Nike logo on it. That's, I always heard that rumor that that's what he did. He has said, he has publicly stated that we cannot buy the ball he uses from the store. 
or he used to yeah. use the Nike. Now that's all he would say. He wouldn't say what that meant. Um, but he said it was custom made, but he said that you and I, if we went to Academy or Dick's or any sort of, um, golf shop, local golf shop. And back when he played the Nike ones and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to play the ball tight. You're not playing his ball. That's, that is not what he hits. He would say, and Nike didn't like that when he came out and said it, but he had so many people always asking him, you know, I want to play this ball. I want to play this ball. What does it do for you? And he's like, you can't play that ball. That ball does not exist. It only existed for him. It actually existed for him and for Rory. The two of them played the same one. And so I don't know how they did that because Rory was a Titleist guy too. So I'm not sure. I'm, you're probably right. It's probably truth to the rumor. Um, you know, what's in the bag when it comes to balls since since you brought it up? Uh, I'm a Pro V1X guy. Um yeah. And then I will play the TaylorMade Five X every now and then. I, I like those two. I don't. I don't have a problem with them. If I um, same thing for me. Um, but it's, and I don't know why everybody goes. Why do you play that? For some reason, I just seem. It seems like I get a little more length out of it. Um, which I'm not a long hitter to start with, so that's why yeah. I play them. I mean, I like the softness around the greens of, uh, just the Pro V One, not the X. Um, I like putting the Pro V1, but for approaches and for uh, off the tee, I'd rather have the X. So I can, I got to, you know, give a little to get a little, I guess. So, sure. Um, favorite yardages, I can always say, and maybe that's just because me playing in the backyard and that kind of thing. I anything 120 in, I love. I love to be. I mean, I'm I'm thinking if I got to punch out and I've got less than 120 in, I'm still thinking par. Um, like I'm thinking within getting it within ten feet. Um, weakest yardages probably with most amateurs. Anything over 180, I'm just trying to get it straight and get it up to the green, center of the green. I'm not going pin hunting with a five iron or four iron or anything of that nature, unless it's a scramble where I'm trying to do something stupid. That's about the only time that I do that. So uh, when it comes to yardages, pretty consistent off the tee, little baby fade off the tee. Uh, so my tee ball doesn't get me in a lot of trouble. It's usually that approach shot. If I got a long iron in hand, I try to do something stupid and end up blocking it out or, or snap hooking it. It does everything but go straight like I want it to. Um, so uh, I'm, but I'm super comfortable, super comfortable 150 in, but I'm definitely comfortable 120, 115 in. I make fun of my dad. Uh, I make fun of my dad. He, um, he keeps a, uh, a he carries a two iron. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we, he, that's the first time I ever saw it. Um, I was like, what the heck is this two iron? It's like this old ping two iron. And he's like, that's my punch out under the trees club. I was like, so let me get this straight. We're throwing wedges out of the bag. We're throwing <laughs> woods out of the bag. We're throwing clubs out of the bag. So we can carry a club that specifically it only use is after you hit something in the trees. <laughs> <laughs> Has, have yeah, you taught so him how to hood something like hood a four iron instead not, of using that? Got, no, it's got to be a two iron. It's oh got to be a two goodness. iron. He, he he can't do it. It's got to be a two iron, and uh, he he believes in it and he lives by it. It's it's the funniest thing ever. We always we always pick fun. We always make fun. We're in a big group, and we get over in the trees. You know, it's two iron time, or we joke about the two iron, but it's uh it's funny. So we have clubs. He has clubs in his bag that are that are specifically situational. Is, is he carrying? Is he <laughs> carrying fifteen, sixteen clubs in his bag? 
No, we got. I made sure he's at fourteen because we play in some tournaments together. So I make sure he's at, he's 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 on. But you know, we have to throw like U edges, all kind of stuff out, so we can. Uh, oh, I can't hit that. Oh, I can't hit that. But I got to keep. I got to have my two iron. Now, if you, my t- if you looked at the picture that I sent you, you would notice yeah. that there were fifteen clubs in there because I I carry a three iron because depending on the course, let's just use it locally. Um, when I'm playing AU club, I can, when the ground's hard, I can, I hit a low stinger really well. So the, yeah. so the hybrid stays in the truck and the three iron goes with me. There you go. But if there I'm, if I'm playing the links course at Opelika where every, you know, RTJ links where every green is elevated, the three iron stays in the truck yep. and it's the hybrid. Cause I got to get it up like that. That stinger does nothing for me. So yeah, I think exactly. it just depends on the course. Um, when I was down at Streamsong, that's what they were making fun of me because I didn't. I, I looked at Streamsong. It looked like it was a course that you could, and it was. It was very hilly and very hard. So the hybrid never saw the course at Streamsong. It was the three. It was the three iron that's and awesome. and and running stingers and just trying to keep it straight. And so, um, so yeah, it's a and it's a ping I twenty three iron. Um, that I've loved. Uh, it's actually it's a steel shaft, but uh, off the tee, off the. I mean, it. You know, it's something that can get off the tee. It can get it out there, two thirty, two forty. Um, from the fairway, it's a it's a good two twenty club. That I don't have to pull the hybrid out or five wood and go high. I can just I can just almost like a bump Roll and run it up from, there. Yeah, bump and run from the fairway, and I'm very comfortable with it too. That's why I like it. So um, nice. It's one of the few that I know where it's going. So yeah, when everybody. We get in tournaments and we're playing scrambles and stuff. Somebody will walk by the bag and they're like, "You got too many clubs." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm pulling that one out. Don't worry, I'm not gonna use that one." <laughs> they catch you in the parking lot. Yeah, they catch me in the, in the parking lot. lot. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, that's that's probably the only change that I make, and it all depends on the. Because I will say, since those, I'm not a high ball hitter, but with those graphite shafts that I that I have in those pings, the ball goes a little higher. So I've had to adjust my yardages because uh, I'm used to being sure. like a low ball hitter. Um, landed a little short, let it run up, and uh, that is not the case with this. It carries all the way there. Cool. When you get back, when you get back healthy, now that we have a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. um, we're going to start filming a lot more different type of competition. So once you get back, we'll have to get out and have a match. It'll be fun. So I'm anxious to anxious to get that done. Um, the last thing that we want to talk about is, you know, Nate and I talked about our favorite golf movies, and I'm wasn't super convinced Nate had ever seen a golf movie after his list, but uh, <laughs> we uh, now we went through our golf uh, top three, and uh, I was going to see what your favorite, got your best golf three were. Well, first and, off, uh, I have to there. I have to know what yours were. You didn't listen, Ben. No, I didn't listen to Come that on, episode. Man. Not yet. <laughs> no, nah, so my top three were uh, my number three was Bagger Vance. Yep. My number two was Happy Gilmore. Okay. My number one was number one was ten cup. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm not even anywhere close to that. Well, I am too. Um, so I have an honorable mention uh, to go along with my okay. top three, and it's because nice. it's a true story. It's uh, or based on a true story, and it ends with um, him showing up in the fields, the sheep ridden and cattle ridden fields of Augusta, Georgia. Bobby Jones, uh, stroke of genius. Um, nice. That is that, is that was Nate's number three. 
That's, that was Nate's number three. It, it is. It's a great movie. It, it talks about the struggles that Bobby Jones dealt with and his health issues. Those of you that have not seen it, I suggest that you watch it just because um, you always just see the highlights of Bobby Jones and him winning. You didn't under, You don't understand the demons he went through. I mean, everything from alcoholism to drugs to which is that that kind of stuff was faux pas back in those days. Like you didn't do that kind of thing. Um, so that's my uh, that's my honorable mention. Number three is Ten Cup. Ten Cup would have been a lot higher if they had not convinced everybody that doesn't play golf that you can back a three wood up on eighteen into the water. Right. I did not agree with any of that. Um, yeah. So that that otherwise it would have been number one. Uh, number two is the greatest game ever played, and that, that was is Nate's number two. That's the story of Francis we met, and those who have not seen that, that is awesome. How he takes down the big dogs, so that's a good one. It's it's Bagger Vance is is I think loosely based on the story of that, by the way. Um, and, right. And then uh, number one is Caddyshack. Anytime Caddyshack's on, yeah. I'm watching it. See, I. I... I, and I'll, I'll spray it. I was going to get made fun of. I I don't. I told Nate. I don't think I've seen Caddyshack. I don't know the plot of Caddyshack. I've oh. seen all the scenes. I know all the lines. I don't think I've ever sat and watched it start to finish. I don't think I've ever seen Caddyshack enough to know what the actual story is. So here's your homework assignment because it's about a caddy okay. who, who's 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 trying to go to school, work his way through. Uh, in order to do that, he's got to enter the – the. Um, and Shoal Creek has this, by the way, where they have a member caddy event, member caddy uh, tournament. Um, so he, yeah. he plays with a member, Ty, who is uh, played by Chevy Chase. Um, the reason you have to watch this movie start to finish is because Caddyshack is all of golf wrapped up into one. And the reason I say that is because – no matter what club or what course you go to, there's a character in the movie Caddyshack that you're going to go for that's, everybody. That's that guy. That that's the guy. Yeah. That's Judge Smales. That's the, you know, that's the priest that is cussing on the golf course, but then is going to be at the pulpit on <laughs> Sunday. You know, that's the right. Um, even the caddies. Now that I've played courses that have caddies that carry, like you recognize that caddy's like that caddy in the movie. That and so. It, even the main character Chevy Chase, I say main character Ty, um, he's another one. Like he's kind of like me and you. He's like a dad by a golf pot. Like he's not going to put in a lot of effort as far as practice. He's going to show up. He's going to play. He's going to have a good time. He's going to drink. And at the end, if he wins, he wins. If he doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't really. It, he doesn't stress about it like the other members do. And so he's he's kind of a, a easygoing guy. So uh, that you got to watch it start to finish because. Every time you step, it doesn't matter if it's a local course, but especially if you go to an older country club, you're going to recognize every character in that movie. I'm going to get, I'm, I, Nate and I both challenged each other. So I'm going to watch Caddyshack and he's going to watch Happy Gilmore. He's never seen Happy Gilmore and we're going to, we're going to come back and talk See, about it. So it didn't, it didn't, I gotta, I, Happy Gilmore would have made my top five. It didn't make my top three. So yeah, if he hadn't seen Happy Gilmore, he's got now, tell him to keep an open mind about that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a little it's a little out there. It's not traditional, but it's just a classic. It's just it came out right about the time I was you know growing up, and uh, great great movie, great well, the, movie. The one liners that are from it, um, 
And, oh. and the people that don't that say I don't I don't like how, like how did you guys watch Happy Gilmore? I, the same slapstick stuff is in Caddyshack. So it's the same guy, basically the same style of comedy. It, yes, it's the exact you know. same style of comedy. The only thing that sets it apart is the whole putter thing and it being a little unrealistic. Him qualifying for the Open and that kind of thing, and and Happy yeah. Gilmore. Other than that, it. Everybody that says, "Oh yeah, I love Caddyshack," now I hate Happy Gilmore. It's like then you haven't watched both movies because it's the same yeah. style comedy. It's just different actors. It's SNL. It's basically, but they're both SNL. Uh, it's like a bunch of running SNL skit. Yes, about golf, basically. Yes. And the stories behind is. after you watch Caddyshack, the stories behind it are even better if you just Google hidden secrets of Caddyshack. The way they. They took over this course and and South Carolina completely trashed it. The people had to read the city had to redo the course when they left because all they all they did it was like SNL. They partied every night. They were rarely on time to shoot the next day. It was that movie they said was supposed to take like two and a half months to shoot. It ended up taking six months to shoot. Then they had to take a break because of the cold weather and come back and finish it later because all they did was get high and drink every single night. The entire cast and crew did. Um, <laughs> there was a feud between um, uh, Chevy Chase and um, the actor that played Carl, uh, Murray, Bill Murray, um, because of their Saturday Night Live days. They'd already cast them, and then they had their feud because they got into a fight on set at Saturday Night Live. So they had to do a scene with them. It took them forever to do that scene, which is the get high scene inside of Carl's um, garage, which was hilarious, by the way, and, and still is iconic. Um, to this day. So uh, there's just so much that went into that movie, not just from it being shot and to Rodney Dangerfield being a part of it and everybody, nothing, nobody stuck to the script. So if you, if you watch it, it's just completely what they went into it wanting to do and what the finished product is, is uh, way different than what they started out to do. So um, it's a, it's a cult classic. I mean, even, even, even my wife likes it. She didn't like golf. She loves watching that movie. She thinks it's hilarious. I'll have to give it. I've I'm, I'm got it on my list. I'm going to knock it out. When I can put the kids to bed, I'm going to look it up on. Yes, it is not a the, kids one movie, One of the by thousand the subscription services <laughs> that we have, and I'll find it. It is not <laughs> a watch. kids movie. Do not watch that in front of the kids, by the way. For sure. For sure. Well, Ben, man, it's good to have you back. Um, I know you're going to be on the continue to be on the men for a few weeks, but. We'll be back in studio soon. I'm on vacation for a few days. I'll be back middle of the week, and hopefully we can jump back in the studio and uh, pound out some more, you know, some more great content. And you know, in the next uh, coming weeks, hopefully we can get you out on the course too once you're once you're healed up and and have some fun. So uh, y'all be sure to check us out on all the social media, uh, Dad Bod Golf Pod on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, start doing more on TikTok. And now we have a YouTube channel. Uh, we launched our episode. Uh, we launched a, a little video of Nate and I talking about him just absolutely stroking me in an impromptu match last Thursday. So that's, uh, that's the kind of stuff you're going to see. By the way, that wasn't that, us. that wasn't that bad, by the way. What's that? You getting beat. You didn't get beat that poor, that badly. Well, eight shot or six shots is pretty bad. I mean, six shots, but you had didn't you say three three putts? 
four three putts and I hit one OB. So, so that yeah. was that was all the strokes. It was pretty much tick for tat from there on out. So I mean, even take the three uh, three yeah. putts and you you're only losing by three. Yeah. And then if you but the OB, did you just do something stupid? I just over overdrew a driver, hit it in the that's just just a hazard. I ended up only making bogey from it. But yeah, so that we uh but yeah, he 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 was steady and he had some demoralizing up and downs from bunkers that just when I had possibly had a chance to chip away and he just slammed the door on me. But it was it was fun. We put out some content on Instagram. We're gonna start videoing it and putting it out on uh YouTube. Uh, hopefully be a little bit more interactive uh, moving forward. You can email us at the dadbodgolfpod at gmail.com. Tell them about a voicemail. You can leave voicemails. What's that number? Why do you always ask me this? <laughs> you always have it right in front of you. <laughs> I usually do. It is 334-521-8307. 334-521-8307. And again, the um, the email address, dadbygolfpod at gmail.com, which is great that we got that. We were able to secure that Gmail. When I started searching for the Gmail, I was like, there's no way. Somebody's probably got this worldwide. So that, <laughs> let, that let me know that we had a good name right away when it popped up that we could get it. Right. And then you, you need to go on iTunes, the uh, Apple iTunes podcast app. You need to subscribe. Also subscribe to the YouTube, YouTube channel. Um, subscribe to our podcast app, uh, rate, subscribe, review. If you leave a good review, we've already done it before. We'll read it out loud. We'll read it out loud. Um, check out our sponsors, swannies.co, dadbodgolfpod-25. Take 25% off your next order. Sweet Rolls Golf with a Z, sweetrollswithazgolf.com, dadbod20. Take 20% off your next order, get you a cool putter grip. And uh, we'll just have to, uh, you know, we'll catch you on the next episode. Dad by Golf Pod. Always stroking. You've been listening to the Dad Bod Golf Pod. Always stroking. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.